Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Monday morning, July 1st, 2019. I am indeed Eric. Today joining me is my colleague, AJ Mass. Hello, AJ. How are you? I'm doing fine, Eric. How are you, sir? Excellent. Always good to talk baseball with you. Also joining us today, Kyle Sapi pushing all the right buttons, and Tom Carpenter editorially watchdogging quite silently on today's show. Did anything happen in baseball while it was going? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, all stars were named. Lots of runs were scored. A home run was hit while I'm reading this. We'll talk stars and surprises of the past week and perhaps the first half of the season, which is coming to a close next week. Some pitchers to watch this week. The closers on the move. Combo meals later on. Myriad hash browns as well. This is our last show before the all star break. Uh, because this week is a holiday, July 4th. Please, uh, be safe with your fireworks on your grilling. Uh, the next show will be Thursday, July 11th. I'll be in Cleveland this weekend watching the prospects, the Futures game, talking to some all-stars. Lots of fun there. And then we'll resume next Thursday. All right, let's get to it. Here's the buzz. All right, AJ, lots of runs were scored in London. Uh, Yankees sweep the Red Sox two-game series. Uh, what was it, 29 runs scored there? Uh, but it looked to me from watching on television far, far away – that breaking balls weren't moving as much. The ballpark might have played a role. I'm not saying it was Coors Field. But what do you take from this Yankees-Red Sox series, if anything at all? Uh, not much. I mean, uh, it was nice that uh, London decided to put a Ferris wheel as the batter's eye and uh, you know hypnotize all the hitters into thinking they were superstars. Uh, no, it, look, uh, you put pitchers in strange situation, different time schedule, different time zone. Uh, I'm not surprised the starters faltered like they did. I expected it. And uh, you really you can't take anything away from this other than it was a cool experience probably for both teams. And, uh, you know, it, the Yankees are, are a good team regardless at the plate. So I, I learned nothing. What do you make out of DJ LeMayhew, who's probably going to end up with Player of the Week honors? He's about at 625. He's already into double-digit home runs. Um, when When hitters leave... Colorado Rockies, we tend to look at them a different way than if they leave, like, the San Diego Padres, all right? The exact opposite. LeMayu, all of a sudden, now, now some of this is the golf ball posing as a baseball, but LeMayu with the power, leading off, multi-eligibility, getting on base, going to score 100 runs. This is an amazing player. He's a top 10 hitter so far on the player radar. I'm sure you did not expect it just like I didn't, but do you think this continues? I do think it continues. I mean, uh, Look, I, I think he's been playing like like an MVP, um, especially considering that everybody on the Yankees has been hurt this year. Uh, you know, I'm surprised that that the Freeze didn't get hurt running in the outfield just because he was near Yankees outfielders. It's, it's like that's the kind of uh, injury bug they've had in New York. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a solid player. You know, maybe the average drops a little bit, but you know, he's had what three different 11 game hitting streaks this year. It, it, it's insane. And we knew he was a good hitter, but we didn't know he was this good of a hitter because his numbers on the road when he was a Rocky were unspectacular. Now they're spectacular everywhere. He's number nine on the hitter player radar for the season ahead of Nolan Arenado <laughs> and Josh Bell. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, but yeah, batting average yeah, does should, count. Now, you as a point. We should call him Hedra. We should call him Hedra, like from the Seinfeld. He's real and he's spectacular. 
So I'm a roto guy. You're a points league guy mostly. When a guy's batting 340, whether it's uh, LeMayhew or Jeff McNeil, who I love, does that change your view at all? I mean, obviously, there's different, different numbers that go into points league value, but when it's batting average and not walks, how do you view it? Um, you know, it's, it's getting on base, and especially when you know the getting on base is with a lineup behind him where it, it has led to runs. Uh, I, I think it's, I don't care how you get on, just get on. John Carlos Stanton, get on the, the injury list again. Um, are you waiting for him? Uh, not, not back until August. He's a brittle player, despite what happened the past two seasons. I I don't know, know if the Yankees rush him. They have so many outfielders. If you've got him in a ten-team standard. Points or Roto, let's say. Are you waiting if you really need the roster spot? Uh, I'm probably not. I think what you said is very key there. The Yankees have many other options, so they don't need to rush him, especially if they maintain their position at the top of the East. Uh, why rush him back if you're if you're not really in a do-or-die situation? And that is going to tack on a few extra weeks, potentially, at the end of the injury, whenever he's ready to go. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow because I still think he – could, when healthy, you know, be a top 50 hitter. Right. Uh, especially in points leagues, uh, because the strikeouts and the timing are going to be there, I think you can let him go if you have an option that you need right now rather than, uh, you know, sticking with some B option that you just happen to have on your bench. Who are you more likely to stick around and stash in your DL slot between Stanton and Cardinals outfitter Marcelo Zuna, who lightly broke a couple of fingers uh, sliding back in first base uh, they say he'll be out a couple weeks there, but there could be concern about the power of the rest of the season. Ozuna versus Stanton, you have one spot. Who who gets it? Uh, I probably keep Stanton just because uh, you know fingers and wrists uh, are a lot more impactful for me in terms of my offense. I, I, I'm concerned that you don't, you you're not going to get the power back. Whereas if it's you know some something from the waist down, okay, well Stanton's slow to begin with, so I don't think it's as impactful to his fantasy value. And Tyler O'Neill should get a chance for the Cardinals, but there's no plate discipline there. So wh- whether it's a points or a roto, I'm not all that interested in, in Tyler O'Neill. Jose Martinez should play this week because they have a road series in Seattle with a designated hitter. That's what Jose Martinez is, an NL version of a DH. So I'd rather use him this week than Tyler O'Neill if you're listening to us before weekly locks. Uh, rookie starting pitchers, let's talk about them. The Rays promoted Brendan McKay this weekend. He pitched well, not a huge strikeout guy, eligible in your scorebooks at first base and starting pitcher. But I think for fantasy purposes, we're going to use him as a pitcher. Um, we don't know if the Rays are going to keep him around, frankly, more than a week uh, after this. What are your thoughts on McKay and, and rookie, rookie hurlers in general? Because there's more I want to get to here. But like, do you trust them, whether it's points or roto, or do you say I stash and see what happens? What do you do? Um, you know, because the Rays are the type of team where they are very cagey uh, with their rotation and the way they use pitchers, um, I think they'll use him wisely and, and in good situations. I, I think because of the organization treating him well, I would keep him around. I think they're going to keep him around for a little bit. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, he, he did you know, so almost near perfect for his six innings and, you know, even – Raising the uh, ghost of Bumpus Jones. Uh, the, anytime uh, a young guy comes up and is throwing a no hitter, it's Bumpus Jones, the only person to debut with a no hitter. Uh, yet, you know, one turn the wrong way from Austin Meadows in left field, and suddenly there's a man on second base, and you know, maybe he gives up two runs, and we're not as excited about this performance. So, a uh, positive sign. 
I don't think they're going to use him for anything more than a pinch hit bat off the bench because why not? You've got a 25-man roster. Use, use everybody uh, when you can. So that would be the only at-bats he'll get. I don't think he'll DH. So it, it, it's only going to be the pitching staff. I think they'll be good, but I, let's not go crazy here. So let's rank McKay with these other rookie hurlers. The Two of the top most added players in ESPN leagues are Marlins right-hander Jordan Yamamoto, who I've seen pace, face the Phillies a few times. Not a big fastball. Uh, Padres lefty Logan Allen, who looks really good. Uh, the White Sox are promoting Dylan Cease, a strikeout right-hander, who they say will be in the rotation the rest of the season. He's starting Wednesday. And then there's McKay. There's others, obviously, Paddock on the Padres, too. How do you rank these guys? And how do you rank them against, say, veteran hurlers who are worthy of being on a roster spot, whether it's like Cubs like Lester and Quintana or Lance Lynn? How do you how do you compare like the rookies to the veterans? Well, I mean, the thing with rookies is always that I expect them to do really well their first start uh, if they can get over the nerves. You know, if, if they're going to bomb because of the nerves, you're going to see that in the first inning, and you're you know I'll give them a mulligan on that. You know, making a major league debut kind of thing. I get it; it's a big deal. It might screw you up. But once you get beyond that first start, you know, teams are not going to have a book on them yet, and so the first two or three starts should be better. I want to see what happens when they adjust. I'm always more more reluctant to go all in on a young pitcher, you know, the second time they face a team. The, you know, after three starts and people know, know okay, he throws that change up here, he throws that fastball here, let's hold back on that. If they can make the adjustment through that, even, even if the performance is a little bit, more than they did in the first few starts, but you can see that there's an adjustment being made, then I'll buy it, and then I'll start ranking them as like a matchup play. Um, but, you know, no one gets into the top 50 off of one start. That, that, that's just ridiculous. These veterans have been in the league for as many years as they have for a reason. All right, now this from our friends at Hims, a wellness brand for men. You have heard us talking about Hims and how they are helping guys look their best. If you have not yet, it's time to see what they are all about. The problem? of men start to lose their hair by age 35. Once you've noticed thinning hair, it can be too late. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Any bald spots yet? The best way to prevent more hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some. It's time to get a handle on those precious locks. So I ask you, do you want a bald spot to pop up on your hairline to recede, or do you want to do something about it first? Why do guys turn to weird solutions or just do nothing when they can turn to medicine and science. The solution is forhims.com. It is a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims is helping guys be their best version of themselves with licensed physicians and FDA-approved pr- products to help treat hair loss. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. Prescription solutions backed by science. Hims was created by a guy who knows some men's health conversations are easier online than in person. Let's face it. No more awkward in-person doctor's visits or long pharmacy lines. For Hims connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours. Completely confidential and discreet. Answer a few questions. A doctor will review, and if they determine it is right for you, can prescribe you medication to treat hair loss that is shipped directly to your door. Get the hair loss treatment everyone is talking about. Featured in GQ, Men's Health, Esquire, and Playboy, to name a few. And I particularly like the skin products because I like my skin to be in good shape. Let's put it that way. Order now. Listeners to the Fantasy Focus Baseball can get started with the Hymns Complete Hair Kit for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last and subject to a doctor's approval. See the website for full details and safety information. This could cost hundreds of dollars if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy somewhere else. 
So just go to forhims.com slash FFB. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash FFB. Forhims.com slash FFB. Now, combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal. All right, only two of them since Thursday's fine show, which uh, you guys did awesomely. Uh, Fernando Tatis on Friday night, and I, w- I wish he was an all-star because I want to <laughs> talk to him in Cleveland. I want to see him play on t- next Tuesday night. Uh, the other was Sunday. It was Ronald Acuna, the Braves, who is now a new member of my vampire team because I won this week, but I'm so far from the playoffs. Tristan, on the other hand, is in third place in his league because he wins all his leagues. Um, not too much to say here. Acuna, so AJ, let's, let's assume that the top of the first round next year inc- includes Trout, Bellinger, and Yelich. Acuna's in that class. He's a top five guy in next season's rankings, right? Um, I don't know if I'm going to put him top five for points leagues, um, but he's he's definitely top ten in terms of hitters. I just think there might be a couple of pitchers in there that bumps him out of the first round, but you know he's he's close. Uh, I, I, I'd like to see him uh, do it for the full course of the season, see if he doesn't end uh, on, a, on a little bit of a slower spin here. You know, the Braves lineup is very top-loaded, and I, I, I want to I see if, he get, if he's able to keep it going the entire season. I think in a Roto League, I will consider Acuna uh, like number five or six right now. I mean, if you were talking like who, who usually goes there, Arenado, I mean, Goldschmidt's out That's, of there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I love Tatis, too, and Tatis looks like a 30 steel guy too. Whereas Acuna is not really running as much. Um, man, I would say Acuna, like what would you say Kyle for a roto league? I, I think Acuna middle of the first round and Tatis middle of the second round points league different, obviously. Yeah, sounds about right. And the Mookie bets kind of territory. I, I love him. I mean, I think you're on to something here and it's, it's no secret. It's just, do you think that top tier, do you think he's in a second tier? Like you mentioned those big guys, are they a clear cut top tier? And then Acuna's, I think, maybe a five tier. Player tier? You think I he's, think he's tier? in the back of the top tier. Okay. I, I mean, Yelich is stealing bases. Bellinger, Bellinger versus Acuna. Obviously, there's a different batting average there, but I mean, Acuna's young. Same I just, tier though. Yeah, I okay. mean, if you talk Acuna versus Mookie Betts, I think I might go Acuna now. Wow. But obviously, there's a track record that AJ mentioned. Right. And Tatis, I love. That's a shortstop, early second round. Like, would you take Tatis over Freddie Freeman? Not in a points, but in a roto next year, I can make that case. All, all first baseman. So. Yeah, I think I would. And in a points league, you're going to have starting pitchers in the first round, where in a roto, you might not. Right. Who's your top, um, AJ, who's your top starting pitch, top three starting pitchers for points right now? Scherzer, Sale, uh, Gilito in there? Who's in there? Yeah, it's, uh, it's Scherzer, DeGrom, and Sale. I mean, uh, Gilito has been a little bit late to the, the game here, but he's certainly, uh, Surging up the charts, uh, he'll probably be in my top ten uh, going forward when I redo the rankings uh, tomorrow. Uh, but uh, you know, he started you know way out of the you know in the fifties. So I mean, certainly uh, he's been coming up strong. But I think I mean, Scherzer's got to be number one, it, 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 especially after the performance against the Tigers. The just I mean that that was like Keller just giving the Cy Young type of performance. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to update my rankings today, tomorrow as well. Scherzer's still my number one starting pitcher. I'm struggling a little bit versus Giolito versus Hyunjin Ryu, who could be the two starting pitchers in the All-Star game. And, you know, with Ryu, there's no guarantee he makes more than 25 starts. 
with Giolito, he had a 6-12 ERA last season. So are these top 10 guys, like how do you compare like Ryu and Giolito to like Trevor Bauer, who's done it for years and is still striking everybody out? That Or Blake Snell, who had an awful three-outing start uh, stretch and then yesterday struck out 12 over six innings. His FIP and XFIP are much better than his ERA. Basically, Blake Snell looks like last year except with a bad BABIP and he'll be fine. How do you like compare like Snell and Bauer to Giolito and Ryu. Yeah, I mean, when you start to split hairs, you got to have these shortcuts uh, kind of statistics. And they may not be, like, statistics that everyone goes to, but, you know, I have my uh, rule of seven where it's like, if, you know, you have to have an ERA under 3.5 and a KBB over 3.5. And, you know, when he is active, Ryu is always on that list. And there's, there's only, you know, about 20 to 25 names at any given time on that list. He's always on it when he's active. And so... Uh, even though he may not have a track record of staying healthy, when he is healthy, the track record is more solid than most. So I, I really do rely on him and, you know, squeeze that fruit for as much juice as he'll give me. All right, let's talk relievers. It's the carousel. The Closer Carousel. Craig Kim rolls a closer again, records a save in his Cubs debut. AJ, is he a top 10 closer for you the rest of the season? Are you concerned or are you trusting uh, I, you know, uh, getting the job uh, with with Chicago, I don't think that there's any doubt that as, unless he like gives up, you know, five runs and three straight appearances, he, this is his the rest of the way. He's Craig Kimbrell. Uh, my concern is still the control. I mean, he used to be this guy who you, you knew was not going to walk people. Uh, and over the past couple of seasons, I've seen a lack of control. The fact that he took 20 pitches to get through that inning is a bit concerning to me. I mean, yes, it's his first game, so... You give him a mulligan if the next time he goes out and, and throws, you know, three batters, 12 pitches, yeah, probably. But uh, I'm a little concerned about his wildness, uh, and I need to see a little bit more before I put him in my upper half of closers. Craig Campbell versus Edwin Diaz of the Mets. Who would you rather roster the rest of the season? Oh, I'm, just, I'm not touching Diaz with a 10-foot ball. So what happened? Obviously the Mets' whole season on and off the field is a nightmare. And Diaz had that awful outing against the Phillies last week, but – is this command? Is this home runs? Is it, is it him? Like, is he a top 10 closer for you? I mean, he still is just because I, I, I think he'll get, an, he'll get the safe chances. I don't think Callaway is going to move away from him. Uh, but it's the usage. It's, it's, you know, you put him in situations where you, you shouldn't put him in just because, oh, it's the ninth inning. Let's put him in. I know you, you, you always scream about this. Like, you know, mm. why does he have to come in just because this is what the score is? You know, you, use him now. Because um, you need him in the eighth inning, and and he, uh, Cowley just doesn't use the bullpen properly, and I think it does have an effect on a pitcher. I don't understand how you could use a pitcher for four outs but not five, and th- think so much about it. Your manager, well, man, it, exactly. And then and then I mean, Cowley has done this with Diaz, where he where he will put him in for the four outs, but then when he doesn't clearly doesn't have it after the first batter in the ninth inning, he'll leave him in for the entire ninth inning, which means he can't pitch anyway, so you might as well put him in earlier. It's it, it, Yeah, it drives me nuts the wall. It's uh, ill-advised. Um, most saves for the Rockies the rest of the season, Wade Davis or Scott Oberg? I think at some point Oberg's going to take that over. Uh, at least he should. You know, I have my uh, first batter against batting average is kind of usually an indicator of where a uh, manager's head might be at. And because, you know, we have a situation here where we've already heard grumblings from the dugout that uh, maybe Wade won't keep the job much longer, even though he did get the save yesterday. 
Um, you know, Oberg's got a much better FBA, and I think that's going to play into him taking over at some point soon. More saves the rest of the season. The Reds, Razel Iglesias, or the Cardinals, Carlos Martinez? I think Martinez. I think uh, Martinez is a better pitcher, and uh, I, I think he'll earn the confidence. I mean, I think he has confidence to show that I think it's just management got involved there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think I think that's what we're looking at there. Take a brief look at the schedule here. ESPN on Monday Night Baseball has... Adbert Alzale of the Cubs, the rookie against Trevor Williams of the Pirates. We don't know if Alzale is sticking around in the rotation. We don't know if he's getting more than like 75 pitches today. But potential two-star guy, um, good stuff, good rookie, interesting to me. Um, not as interesting as Logan Allen of the Padres at home against the Giants. That seems like a can't miss. Well, don't bury the lead. Do you see who's pitching for Baltimore? Thomas Darwin, that's home in. Thomas Philly. Darwin, that's home in. He is. He was their minor league pitcher of the year in 2018. He's a, a, com, a command control guy. Doesn't get strikeouts, doesn't walk anybody. And then he blew up this year. Or was he the pitcher of the year in 2017? Either way, they gave him away to Baltimore. You don't want him. <laughs> Let's put it that way. You, you don't want any part of this. And this is the last you say, week. You say there's a million things he hasn't done, and winning is one of them. <laughs> this is his debut. I wish him the best. Seems like a nice fellow, but um, not a strikeout guy, and that, that should scare scare everybody. Um, and he's an Oriole. Uh, that might need, be the bigger part. He's an Oriole. I mean, any Orioles pitcher, I don't think any Orioles pitcher is worth rostering, including Michael Gibbons, right? I mean, I don't want any part of this team. So. Uh, for the most part. I mean, I think Means is a good matchup play, but, you know, your mileage may vary. It may. Tuesday on ESPN Plus, Jack Flaherty, a little disappointing this season, I might say. Uh, I had penciled in as a top 20 starting pitcher, and he has not been that. He is at Seattle against the Floundering Marlins, uh, uh, Mariners. So I would say Jack Flaherty should do well there. Ross Stripling's pitching for the Dodgers on Tuesday, it appears. Um, Houston at Colorado. That should be uh, lots of run scoring. German Marquez is pitching for the Rockies. You're going to want him, you're going to want him active at home against the Astros. Not the full Astros lineup, but it's still a good one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, just the way that the ballpark there has been seeding runs of late, I probably, even the Dodgers went in there and and got destroyed. So I, I would, Definitely avoid the Astros in Colorado. Kyle, Ken- Kyle Hendricks is back for the Cubs on Tuesday at Pittsburgh. I would say activate him right away. I like Kyle Hendricks. I think you like Kyle Hendricks, right? Not a big strikeout guy, but enough. Enough. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hesitant ever to put someone in in their first start. But, you know, that, that's my own uh, play the percentages there. But uh, definitely uh, in my top 50, and uh, if, if he's – shows that he can win a couple of games. He'll probably move into my top 30 before too long. Uh, big Yankees-Mets series. Uh, happy Jason Vargas against Domingo Herman is back on ESPN on Wednesday. I didn't realize Herman was back so soon. Yeah, coming back for this one. Uh, against the Mets. Um, and again, not to rip the Mets, but what do you do here? I mean, Herman, uh, the Mets lineup to me seems a, a little top-heavy, too. I mean, basically, you got your all-stars, Jeff McNeil, who I love, and I think he's going to win in batting title, and Pete Alonso, who I can't really compare to Strawberry, even though he's already passed him for rookie home runs because the ball is different, everything's different right now. But the Mets lineup gets weak after that with Cano and everyone else. So I think, like, who, who are you more likely to activate for the week, Domingo Herman against the Mets or Kyle Hendricks at Pittsburgh? Um, Probably Hendricks, but uh, that's just my own uh, personal bias against <laughs> Does it change your opinion, AJ? If uh, Bobby Bonilla, because he's getting paid this week, comes back and hits for the Mets, <laughs> you, you know I'm 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 not above making that joke. But there are a oh, lot my. of teams that have 
put contracts like that in place. Uh, I, I think Babe Ruth is still getting paid by the Yankees, isn't he? Maybe the Red Sox, too. Um, <laughs> Thursday is July 4th, Independence Day. Please be safe and careful. There is a game that starts apparently at 11.05 a.m. in Washington, D.C. Um, and Anibal Sanchez actually has been pretty good over the past couple of weeks, and he's facing the Marlins, who can't beat anybody but the Phillies. So and Anibal Sanchez is not a bad at But the point is, if you do daily lineups, 11 a.m., on Thursday, there's an ESPN Plus game. It's the uh, Tigers and the White Sox. There are two ESPN games that day, Jose Quintana at Pittsburgh and Vince Velasquez against all-star Mike Soroka. One of those guys is good. Um, so two ESPN games and ESPN Plus game. Lots happening on July 4th. On Friday, all night games, Jordan Yamamoto, the Marlins, uh, against Julio Tehran, who had an eight-game stretch where he was awesome, and now he's Tehran again. Verlander against the Angels that night. Uh, Dakota Hudson. What do you think of Dakota Hudson? Is there anything there? Last outing was terrible, but he's at the Giants, and that should be pretty good, I would think. I think he's a, a very much at the mercy of his defense, um, just the way he pitches. I mean, I picked him up in Tout Wars. Uh, he hasn't done horribly for me, so uh, I'm optimistic. But, again, uh, there hasn't been a pitcher that, coming up uh, this year that I've gone, ooh, I, I have to really jump on this person, so. Saturday and Sunday, a lot of the pitchers still haven't been named. There are no night games on Sunday. Uh, there is an ESPN Plus game late afternoon, but Sunday night is the Prospects game, which I will be watching, seven-inning game. Check out your favorite rookies there, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I like talking to the Prospects. You know what else is a lot of fun? MeUndies.com, and it, they really are. I love this product. Summer comes with a number of awesome perks, like vacations, beach days, barbecues but the one perk that outshines them all is summer themed undies courtesy of me undies me undies is the only brand that lets you eat pineapple while wearing pineapple undies which i'm going to try really soon or watch the skylight up on the fourth of july knowing your undies are doing the same let's talk comfort me undies scientists spent countless hours in their underwear labs testing out the softest fabrics in all the land the result Micromodal fabric, which is a full three times softer than boring old cotton. Your move, cotton. They can't compare. Not only that, but you match, you can match your bottom half with your better half in matching prints and colors. Look out for summer theme prints dropping every Tuesday. MeUndies also makes the softest lounge pants and onesies you've ever felt. I can attest to that as well. MeUndies is awesome. Finally, you can now match with your pup with their new buddy bands available in the same prints and colors as their undies, this is important stuff, people. Buddy bands. So the offer is this. MeUndies has a great offer for fantasy-focused baseball listeners. For any first-time purchasers, when you purchase any MeUndies product, you get 15% off and free shipping. This is a big, fat dock. Get 15% off a pair of the most comfortable undies you will ever put on. To get your 15% off your first pair, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash FFB. That's MeUndies.com. Slash FFB. Okay, I bet that there are lots of myriad hash browns here for Kyle to read. All the hash browns, you know that, especially with a week plus between shows here. Billy kicks us off. He wants to know if you had to speculate on one non-closer that could step into a big role in the second half. Who would it be? All right. Well, we just mentioned Scott Oberg of the Rockies. That seems obvious. Wade Davis' numbers at Coors Field are horrific. Oberg's are not. Um, I mean, Wade Davis is getting paid all the money, 
But to me, it seems obvious, and AJ just mentioned it, Obrook should take over. Does Wade Davis not fit the Fernando Rodney role for you, Eric? It seems like he'd be the type of guy you'd hang on to until absolutely last second. Oh, I've got him in a league or two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Todd Jones. One one other guy I would consider is Ty Buttry. I'm never going to be someone who's going to say, yay, Hansel Robles. (laughs) Yeah. I think Robles might keep it, and he's pitched well enough. But, yes, I see Ty Buttry as the better pitcher. Um, I would say the Marlins – Sergio Romo is still getting their saves, but Nick Anderson is a strikeout guy. He's also a guy who gives up a lot of stuff. But um, Yeah, we'll see if Sergio is there come uh, the end of July. Yeah, I just can't, like, if you're a contender, like especially in the AL where it's all contenders and then nobody else trying, why are you trading, like, Red Sox aren't trading for Sergio Romo to solve things. I, I just can't see that. Or Shane Green at Detroit. Like, why would you want those guys? I know, you know, they're pitching well, but... Um, another guy who hasn't, uh, doesn't have saves yet. I'm not, I'm not going to say Hunter Strickland in Seattle. I'm avoiding that bullpen. I'm avoiding the bull. I'm avoiding like at least five bullpens right now. I'm not going to say Jose Leclerc. Why are you just, didn't you think Jose Leclerc would be good this year? Absolutely. All signs point to it and it just goes to show that the signs mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go with that. Um, Oakland, I still think uh, Trining gets the job when he comes back, but that may not be this month. I don't no nothing Edwin Diaz can do, do to lose that job. That's clear. Um, I guess the White Sox could trade Alex Colomay and Aaron Bummer could be a closer. That could that could happen potentially. All right, what else? Roger has a question. He wants to know if you want Robles or Verdugo for the rest of this season, and then what about in his keeper points format? Which one would you rather? All right, points leagues. Robles is a base stealer, which doesn't matter as much in a points league as a roto league. Verdugo is a higher batting average guy and can take a walk. Who do you like, AJ? Um, you know, it's it, Robles was a, someone who charted out as being a top forty hitter. Um, he, he had all the all the potential. Again, we just said the, ignore the signs; they mean nothing. But the signs were pointing to that, and so even though he has certainly not lived up to that lofty expectation. I still think with the, the power-speed combo there is, is really good for points leagues. That I, for the rest of this season, I, I still think it's Robles, and you know we'll reevaluate once the season's over. All right, what else? All righty, Spencer, now that we've got Tristan off the podcast for a day, he wants you to pick a bounce-back candidate, be it Castellanos or Kane. So disappointing. We've talked Castellanos quite a bit in the first half of the season, AJ, as someone who's just not putting up any counting numbers. Maybe maybe that's because of Detroit's lineup. And then there's Kane, who, very disappointing as well. Low batting average, not enough stolen bases, still a walker. Um, I'm not seeing signs that either one of these guys are going to have a big second half. What say you? Uh, I agree. I mean, in terms of the underlying skill set, I think, it's Castellanos is, is the one who's better, but in terms of how that translates into value, you know, the strikeouts there make Kane the better option for the rest of the season right now. Um, but it, neither one excites me all that much, and it's they're pretty close. So I guess I'd begrudgingly pick Kane, even though I think Castellanos is the better player. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Castellanos would, especially with this new baseball, he had a ton of line drives last season, high exit velocity, high launch angle. That seemed like a 30-100 guy for their first time. I understand nobody's on base, but it's almost like you see a bad team. Like I've seen a lot of Starlin Castro in the past couple of weeks because Phillies have played the Marlins quite, quite a bit. 
And man, he's got like a 275 on base. He just, he's doing nothing. He's a guy, he's put up numbers in the past and he's doing nothing. When you're on a bad team that's going nowhere, Marlins, Tigers, Orioles, it might be hard to, to, you know, to get up to play every day. Castellanos sure. isn't going to come close to last year's numbers. I mean, give credit to Trey Mancini and Garrett Cooper and guys on bad teams putting up numbers, but I think that's part of what Castellanos' problem is. With Kane, he must be hurt. There's got to be a problem. I thought I saw, like, was it a thumb injury on Kane and he really needed, like, next week off, you know, because after the, all, after the All-Star break. I mean, obviously guys are dealing with injuries. I don't sure. know about Castellanos. I like your, your thoughts about the mental aspect of playing on a bad team. I mean, I... If you watch that Scherzer game, I mean, he might as well have just been pitching to mannequins up there. That entire lineup was just awful. And if you if you are like the one good hitter, I mean, they can certainly pitch around you. And I think that's a lot of what's going on there with Castiano. Yeah, it's a shame because I liked him, and uh, now I'm not sure I do anymore. Um, but I still think he has a few. He might get traded too. Uh, let's uh, let's do this from our friends at SeatGeek now. Do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It is as if they are just so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. So what if their site is annoying and doesn't have the events you want? Hello, status quo. The real question is how easy could it be if those ticketing sites actually cared? Well, with millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there is a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you are looking for all in one place. In an industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. They built the fastest way to find tickets so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. And I can attest to that. So can Tristan Cockcroft as we bought uh, tickets to a baseball game recently through SeatGeek. And the process worked perfectly. So why is SeatGeek better than the rest? A quick look at the App Store shows more than 50,000 five-star reviews. How is that for customer satisfaction? It's just a better process. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, and it rates each deal on a scale of 1 to 10. Finally, SeatGeek displays them on an interactive seat map, and they break down the details for you. Green dots mean good deals. Red dots are overpriced, and every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. Like I said, we all have the SeatGeek app on our phones, and it is by far the fastest and easiest way to find tickets, and we have done it recently. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use the promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code FFB for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code FFB for $10 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Kyle? Michael chimes in. He wants to know what you're doing the rest of this season and long term with Lourdes Guriel over an 1100 OPS since the beginning of May. Yeah, and that looks legit. Um, and they're batting him right after Vlad Guerrero Jr., who will be in the home run derby next Tuesday. So Lourdes Guriel looks like the better Guriel for fantasy. Yuli, his brother's on Houston. He's older. No power. Lourdes is 25, second baseman, already has 14 home runs. Uh, not a whole lot of plate discipline there for the points leagues, but um, still, this looks like a potential 30 home run second baseman, AJ. Uh, yeah, I mean, and the lineup's only going to get better when they finally decide to call up Bichette. So, I mean, this is this is looking like a lineup that we're going to have down the line. If you you know if you are in a dynasty league, you certainly want to look to these uh, Blue Jays. I believe it's Dynasty, but, you, again, your mileage can vary. All right, we've got the last question here coming from Jared. He stashed Brandon McKay, and now everyone wants a piece of it. Thoughts on his long-term value, given the roster flexibility he provides? 
you know, in this case, I'm not sure I want the roster flexibility. Like, if he's not going to hit on a regular basis, and he didn't, did he hit much in the minors? Like, no, he was like two seventeen, two twenty. It's 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 it's, it's, it's more of a you can use him as a pinch hitter, um, and he's competent with the stick, and he hasn't been focusing on it. I I, I get that, you know, and that that might be just something that develops with time. But this isn't a situation where we're dealing with Shohei Otani here. It, it, it's a different type of uh, usage, uh, and. You know, I, 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 you can't expect him to be like, oh, he's going to hit 20 home runs and win 20 games. That's not who we're talking about here. Yeah, I, I, I think when we're talking about McKay, we have to compare him to like the Padres rookie starters or Yamamoto or the Marlins. That's, that's how I'm thinking of him. Like, what's his upside? What, how will the Rays treat him for innings? Will they leave him in the rotation for three more months or will they play around with him like, you know, Paddock and Logan Allen for the Padres? So I'm not really thinking that he's a first base eligible. How many at bats is he going to get per week? It's just this is not Otani, and Otani's great. <laughs> so I, you know, while I have you, how do you view Otani for a dynasty points? Because we don't really know how many innings he will throw next season when he comes back from Tommy John surgery, and how many at bats he'll get. I mean, is he a 400 PA guy? Is he a 150 inning guy? How do you rank him in a dynasty points? I mean, it, it's obviously very difficult, but uh, in terms of, you know, if, if he's just a hitter, uh, as he is now, we're talking, you know, top 100 hitter easily. Um, if he's just a pitcher, you know, he's a top 40 pitcher easily. So if he comes back and he's healthy, it's, it's how do you combine those two? I mean, we're looking at third round um, minimum if we know that he's going to hit the ground running from day one and be able to do both. That, that's kind of where you have to rank him. I, if, if I knew for sure he was going to come back perfectly healthy, I might even take him in the second round. But we don't know that. Yeah, and for this season, the way we rank him, I mean, he's a DH. He's Nelson Cruz. Exactly. And he's actually putting up Nelson Cruz numbers. That was a question we got on Twitter. Who would you prefer at DH the rest of the way, Cruz or Otani? That's a really good question because I love the lineup that Cruz gets to bat in the middle of. I mean, the Twins... There's three teams that have scored the most runs. Like, they're all, like, one run away. It's the Yankees, the Twins, and, of course, the Rockies. So that lineup with Nelson Cruz in the middle of it is fantastic. And he plays more than Otani, but he's also quite a bit older. For just this year, I still think I would take Cruz. Would you? Oh, absolutely. Cruz Cruz is top 50 rest of the way for me, where, like, Otani is, is just outside my top 100. And, like, a lot of that is just I don't know. At some point, they even shut him down from hitting just because, like, they they want to protect the pitching uh, part of him. Like, just you know, just sit, relax, get well. I, I think there's still a chance they might do that, even if he is hitting well. Yeah, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch them both. Frankly, <laughs> I mean, Otani and Otani can run a little bit, so that's a differentiator too for the roto leagues that he can steal double digit bases. All right, um, I believe the music has stopped. Uh, since I, when you stop talking and you, you don't hear the music, it's a little different than when you're talking and hear it. Um, so the schedule, obviously, uh, 10 days until our next show, the Thursday after the All-Star game. So Sunday is the Futures game, Prospects game. I'll be in Cleveland for that. So Keith Law and a bunch of others from ESPN. Monday night is the Home Run Derby with AJ's uh, favorite Pete Alonzo in that contest. Who wins? We've only got five names so far, but who, if, assuming one of those five wins, who you got? Alonzo. I'm going to go Alonzo. AJ, who you got? How could, how could, how could I not? How could he not? He's a Mets fan. Anybody can win this besides Carlos Santana, I think. Uh, Josh Bell, I think, wins. But am I alone in thinking Carlos Santana does not win this? Why are you so against him? I don't know. He just doesn't feel like a home run derby guy to me. I don't well, know. His walks won't help him. No, no. <laughs> but 
I mean, Alonso's power, especially with this golf ball, is amazing. He's hitting it to all fields. I, I love watching him hit. I love I love McNeil and Alonso at the top of that lineup, and then I change the channel. Tuesday is the All-Star game. Uh, every team is represented there. Lots of fun. Let me ask you, AJ, like, what do you enjoy the most about All-Star the three days? The Prospects game, the Home Run Derby, or the home run, or the uh, All-Star game? Which do you like the best? You know, I, I I like the home run derby simply because it is that all the players on on both sides of the field uh, are, are just kind of sitting there. They're with their kids. They're all rooting for each other, and I think that it's just such a good look for Major League Baseball. Uh, and it's just it's just a positive event all around, and that's that's what I like most about it. Once you get to the game, thank goodness it doesn't count anymore. Yes. But I, you know, I don't really care so much as to who wins. I just like to see some fun fun things happen. You know. And with fantasy relevance, you know, this is a fantasy podcast, a lot of people think that if you're in the home run derby, it's going to hurt your power output for the second half of the season. And we've all done studies, you and me, Tristan. I, I don't think it's true. There are some players that have been in home run derbies in the past, David Wright, Bobby Abreu, a long time ago, and they just didn't hit for the same power in the second half. But I just think it's bogus. Any thoughts from you on that? Yeah, I, I think that I think we've seen just the, you know no no one ever checks like you know, who finished second and third in, in the home run derby by just one or two home runs and then had a great second half. It, you know, it, it's just we we're cherry picking when it happens. It certainly stands out. You know, not everybody who's on the front of the video game gets hurt. You know, it's 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 one of those things. We just remember the bad. <laughs> exactly. And by the way, more more than half of the season has already been played. So. You can't just extrapolate the numbers here for Pete Alonso and double them because he's already played more than 81 games. So it doesn't really work that way. Plus, players get tired, especially on bad teams in September where the games really mean nothing, and they're trying to avoid 110 losses. So, you know, I just don't read it much into it. I I used to write a, con, a blog about, like, players saying, oh, my power will be fine the second half. I don't even bother anymore because it's not really an issue at all, and pitchers pitching in the All-Star game is not an issue either for your players in the second half of the season. If Verlander throws one inning, not going to hurt him for his next outing. Don't worry about that. All right. Any final thoughts here, gentlemen, before we uh, say goodbye for a while? Uh, no, just a shout-out to uh, the memory of Roger Doucette, the greatest Canadian national anthem singer of all time here on this Canada Day. Uh, that's fair. And, uh, by the way, I should mention that the – Baseball Today podcast, uh, hosted by Keith Law. I joined him today. We discussed the London series, baseballs, how they're different. And the best part of the All-Star weekend is the Prospects game. We should both be in Cleveland for that one as well. So listen to Baseball Today after you listen to this show. We are done for today. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to Fantasy Focus Baseball. Baseball. Great thanks to my friend AJ Mass, Kyle Sapi for doing all that he does, and Tom Carpenter and Tristan wherever he is. I am Eric. Have an awesome next two weeks. Everything is awesome. Darkness.